Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, today we're going to talk about 2016, and we're going to deal with retrospective resolutions from a professional standpoint, and I had to bring in probably the most qualified friend I have to help me with this. I've got Ross Harrop. He's with C12 Tampa Bay. Find him online at c12tampabay.com. Ross, as we look at 2016, now that you take a deep breath as you ran into the studio, are you excited about what God has in store for you? You know, Jim, I don't think I've ever understood more uh, about, it with clarity, what what Christ would have me do and for me to be within his will. And you know my story. So you know when I came here, I had no idea what I was going to be doing. You introduced me to the uh, C12 movement, and, and it's taken three and a half years to figure out how God wanted to mold me and to be prepared to uh, to really make a difference for the kingdom. Well, honestly, isn't it true as a C12 leader, you could do what you do right now, feeding into the lives of Christian business people. You could do that till the day you die. Oh, absolutely. I think that's the, that's the exciting part for me. Having just had a birthday last week, you realize God has been preparing me for these first six decades. Did you drop that hint in there because I forgot to call you on your birthday? Well, it was a, it was a sad day when you know when it came to a close and I hadn't heard from you. <laughs> but when you two days after Christmas, Jim, birthdays are not that important. But it's it's really that that excitement that as I look at 
situations that I get in as I'm meeting with someone and I have a flashback to something that happened 30, 40 years ago in a, in a business setting and recognize that's why the Lord had me go through it. Or it, perhaps it's even a situation with, with a family member and that I can, can share based on my, my own experience um, how they might address that. So it's, uh, 2016 is going to be, it's going to be an exciting year it for is, ministry. I think it's going to be an exciting year for all of us in ministry. But what I love best is that God never wastes any experiences. You know, what I have seen, and I've got less years than you, but not that many less, but I have seen how all of my past experiences, God always seems to find a, a, a way for me to use them to help other people. Sometimes they they don't receive them that way, but sometimes they do. But I love that he doesn't waste any of those experiences. No, and I you know you'll hear people or you'll read about aha moments, and as I've shared with you before, I have I don't think I've ever had an aha moment where God it was just like that clear. But I've had a lot of oh moments where it was like okay I get it that's what you had in mind, and so there's a lot of those oh moments that uh, that really cause me to reflect. And, and so, and that's really why I am more excited as I face 2016, because I, I don't want to be controlled by my circumstances any longer. It's really, there's a peace that I have that as I'm going through whatever the circumstances are, the good, the bad, the ugly, is that God's going to use this for a purpose. You know, let's talk about C12 for a minute, because, you know, I'm passionate about C12. I know that C12 is making a huge difference in the lives of Christian business people, whether they're business owners or business leaders. C12 is making a difference for over 20 years. And you, you know, I had a part in helping you become a C12 leader here in Tampa Bay, and the impact has been incredible and in growing that C12 team here in Tampa Bay, which really reaches all the way, I mean, it reaches all of Tampa Bay. What do you think has been the most fun thing you've experienced as a C12 leader? And we'll deal deal with this more after the break, but what's been the most fun thing you've seen as a result of you being a C12 leader? That God has prepared me to be a transparent individual. (laughs) You and Martha know only too well that sometimes I can be too transparent because my filter is kind of a coarse filter. You know, it's not as fine as other people's. The pulp gets through. Yes, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, the pulp. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and so uh, I, I think that that transparency allows others to be transparent as well. And so it doesn't take a long period of time. I have a brand new member um, in... in over in Pinellas County, and I met with them today for the first time. And you know, it can take months. You wanna, you wanna break through those barriers, and I think that that's the fun part. We're talking today with Ross Harrop, and he and I are having a joint conversation. I'm not just interviewing him. Ross has been on my show a dozen times already. We're talking about setting up resolutions, but in, in, as we joked about last night, Ross, retrospective resolutions, which I know we're going to give Stephen Covey credit because, you know, begin with the end in mind, we'll give him credit, but he didn't use the term retrospective resolutions. Hey, I was listening yesterday and I was, I was psyched. I, uh, I've been using the concept, but wasn't smart enough to come up with the term, Jim, that, you know, you're going to, 
when that next book that you write, instead of all these books that you share that you, you are reading about. If I about, wrote a book like that, it would come out like science fiction. <laughs> Retrospect. Martha, if you're listening, write that down. We need to write a book on retrospective resolutions. I like that. Well, and that's the retrospective resolution we're talking about. Martha and I introduced this on the first, and then we talked about it yesterday with regarding to how are you going to make your marriage look and feel new in 2016? We did that yesterday's show. Today we're talking about professionally and we, retrospective resolution. Here's the perspective. Act as if it is already the end of 2016. It's going to happen fast enough anyway. And what did you accomplish? So in other words, Martha and I accomplished personally. We've gone on two vacations in 2016. One to the mountains of Georgia, and we had our grandkids visit us there, and we spent a week together camping in a cabin. We also went on a cruise to the Caribbean where we didn't care where the stops were because we just stayed on the ship. And that's what we did personally for vacation. We also got up every morning and prayed together. And every night we did devotions together and prayed together. We did that in 2016. That's retrospective resolution. We just are determined that's what we're going to do. And and how does that marriage feel today on December 31st, 2016, as you look back on what did all of those things that you committed to doing in in this regard, how does that, how does that improve your marriage? It's Our marriage is so much better. And our marriage is already awesome today. But on December 31st, 2016, it is now a shining example even better for next year. Because you declared what it will look like during the year. That's right. You and Jill have been married over 40 years. Martha and I will celebrate 30 years of 2016. Well, we already have if we're at the end of 2016. But we celebrate 30 years. You guys celebrated 40. It was just last year, right? Yeah, 40 years. June, yeah. 40, so you're 10 last, years ahead of us. June, yeah. and, and it's our marriage. And I know you've told me your marriage is better today than it's ever been. Absolutely. And I think that part of that process that you're talking about, declaring it as if it is to be, because God's going to honor that. God wants to honor that. <laughs> that's that's all he asked of you, is to walk in, as Sarah Young says. Sarah Young he, wrote Jesus Calling. Uh, Jesus Calling. He, She says almost every day, he just, you know, he wants you to walk in his presence, in the present. That's it. It's, it's It really is that simple. Speaking of Sarah Young and Jesus Calling, Martha and I found a devotional. We've been struggling to find a great devotional for at night for couples. Most of them are focused on raising children. Well, our kids are gone. We don't, we don't, you know, they call us once a week, but they're gone. She found a devotional that was morning and night Jesus Calling. I just heard about it. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pick it up. You know, Ross. Every day I I quote this verse, but it is so important if we're going to make an impact on our workplace, whatever that may be, we need to do what this verse says. Romans twelve two says, "Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world." Why, Ross? You got ten more years on me. Why shouldn't we copy the behaviors and customs of this world? We've got a blueprint in the scriptures that tells us exactly how to do it. But why shouldn't we? But why shouldn't we copy the, the customs and the behaviors of this world? It's simply about the flesh instead of, of eternal matters. And that's, uh, that's, it's as simple as that. It's pursuing <laughs> idols versus pursuing God. Exactly. So don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And that's, if I look at anything, since we moved to Florida in 2003, is I, and I read that book four months later, January 2004, 
if there's anything that's changed my mind, it's God has changed the way I think because I look at the workplace differently than I ever looked at it before. I, even when we had our own insurance agencies, yes, I incorporated my faith. Yes, I shared my faith with my customers, but I also was a jerk at times. And I have many much regret about how I behaved. And I know that since then, God has really transformed my thinking. He has changed the way I think. And it's, I mean, I rarely will stop a business or start a business meeting without prayer. I mean, if I get an opportunity to pray with people, I'll pray with people. No, yeah. I didn't get a chance to pray. I don't always get to. It's not always appropriate. But I do want to say hi to all my new friends at Wallace, Walsh, and Willingham. Got to meet with them today. So if they're listening, thanks for tuning in. It was a lot of fun. Hope to have you guys as a sponsor on the show very soon. Jim, I think the as we talk about ministry, and when I after I left uh, the, the scouting movement, which was a, a wonderful experience, lots of great people uh, on that journey, and then... As I left in 2008 and became an executive pastor uh, of a good-sized church in Colorado Springs, and as we were doing that, the the senior pastor, who you've had on the air here, talking about his book, uh, Jesus' Big Idea, and in that experience, everyone was talking about ministry. And I remember saying to them, okay, what is the definition that we're going to use for ministry? And, and this is it, Jim, because, and it changed how uh, my understanding, and, and this was the, the definition, meeting the needs of people where they are at using the unlimited resources of God. Now, what does that mean? It means that when, when somebody says that they've got a problem, instead of saying, I'll pray for you, how many times have we done that? As we're walking away. Oh, I've done a lot of that. I don't do it as I don't do it anymore. No, just say, let's hey, pray could right we now. pray right now? Absolutely. That's ministry That's using right. the unlimited resources of God. All right, Ross, as we as we look at you, you started this quote right before the break. You know, meeting the needs of people. Okay, I, I want to write it down so I can okay, repeat was it. it was meeting this, the needs of people. <laughs> it was this after a Mountain Dew. Because I can type it up for you later. Okay, meeting the needs no, mocha, of... Mocha, frappe, McDonald's. Meeting the needs of people where they are at, using the unlimited resources of God. And what I found was that my mentor said to me, so Ross, have you ever said to somebody, hey, I'll pray for you as you're walking away? And I found that I had to look in the mirror and say, I do it all the time. And, and most of the time, I probably did pray for them. And But what this has changed is, and I'll give you an example, I, that, that very next day, I'm, I'm in a Walmart in, in Colorado, and a woman comes up, and she's the teller. They're doing the exchange, and tears are rolling down her cheek. And, and I don't know the woman, and I just realized she was hurting, and I turned to the lady behind me, and I said, do you have a couple extra minutes? And she said, kind of shrugged her shoulders, like, what is this about? And I said to this teller, Diane, could I pray for you? Right there. I had never done anything like that ever before in my life. But it's become commonplace now, Jim. Absolutely. And it's, and it's just because I was using the unlimited resources of God, and every time that I'd go into Walmart, hey, I'm back with my husband. You know, the kids are doing better. I didn't know her. And it was just using, that was ministry. And I think we have that opportunity when and you talk about it all the time that it, that the person in the next cubicle that needs someone to reach out to them 
as they're going through a tough time, divorce, whatever it is. Well, we're surrounded you, by people who are hurting. And you may be the only Jesus that they ever meet. Why you say you think, it, and that's ministry. And why do you think they drive the way they do in Tampa Bay? They're hurting people. <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, they're trying to hurt people, well, apparently. Uh, some of that is yeah. intentional, I think. But you're but you're so right that ministry, and, and that's what you said earlier in the last segment was, you know, when you when you read Halftime, you were inspired like, wow, I could have been looking at my workplace like a mission field for 33 years. Yeah. I made the same mistake, too. You know, in 2006, when I when I started getting Oz Hillman's devotions, and uh, congratulations to Oz Hillman, by the way, got got engaged, very excited for him, going to have his new fiancé on the show. Uh, oh, and, I don't, and, that's... That's neat. It's very, no, very wait, cool. I think you were proclaiming that for Ace as well yesterday, but, but weren't through, you? Through the end of, I, as of the end of December 31st of 2016, that's correct. Yeah, don't try. Careful. Yeah, you don't try, right? No pressure here, I Jim. I didn't bring it up. I did not bring it up. I might have okay. said it. Uh, uh, he brought it up. No I, pressure. Yeah, no. but you brought it up yesterday, so I you did. started all of this. It's on a national audience basis. That's right. Ace, we're just all praying for you. Because I want your marriage someday, Ace, to be as awesome as my marriage and Ross's marriage. I, 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 or better. Cause that's because it's awesome to be married. But when, when we look at what you talked about, I don't want to live with regret, but I do. I, I mean, I've gone back and apologized to many of my former employees like, man, I was a Christ follower, but what a jerk I was. In fact, one of my friends recently who I knew her father uh, right at, well, before we moved here to Florida, but he's from here in Florida. And he said, you know, Jim and this Christianity thing, I didn't know he was a Christian before. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he, he's, that's not. I didn't know that about him before. I'm like, okay, that's how pathetic my faith was before I moved here. But God has done an amazing transformation in my life in the last 12 years. You talked earlier about C12 and the small business owners. We have a lot of multi-million, most of our companies are multi-million dollar companies. And so we typically talk well, a about... A million dollars. Good grief. In the last five seconds, it took you to say multi-million dollars. We just <laughs> wasted a billion dollars at the government level. Multi-million dollar companies, they're out there all over the place. But, you know, you take uh, K-Force with David Dunkel and and uh, and who's been a member for almost 25 years as part of C12. So we've got a lot of big companies who are coming together with other Christian business owners. And they're not running Christian companies, Jim. They're running kingdom companies. Right. Those that are Christ. What's the difference? Well, I believe well, most of our companies have people of lots of different faith uh, in there, you know, as employees. But a kingdom company, in my opinion, is that one that is Christ-centered, God-honoring in their culture. It's that's, you know, and, and anyone who wants to be intentional, and there's the word that you and I were not in our early part of our career. Absolutely. We, we were doing ministry, sometimes doing a lot of great things to grow the kingdom, but we perhaps we weren't as intentional as we could have been. And I think that's what that's why I get excited about C12 is helping Christian uh, business owners who want to operate kingdom companies and they come to know that they are the stewards of the company, not the owner. God's the owner. One of the things I've learned about myself in the last 12 years is my um, my core values and intentionality, boldness, transparency, and vulnerability. Because if you can demonstrate those things with people, actually, if you can demonstrate transparency, intentionality, and vulnerability, you get an opportunity to be bold. Because and and be bold, and people can take it because they see that you're you're sincere. It's not that I got some agenda. I mean, Martha and I work with marriages all over the place. I got nothing to gain. If they get divorced, it doesn't hurt me. If they get, if they stay married, it doesn't help me. 
Yeah. But it's it, but it impacts the kingdom, exactly. and, and that's what we're we're exactly. called to do. And, and that's what your pastor, when we brought him on the air last year, um, talking about his book, Jesus's Big Idea, we talked about the kingdom. And I, as I read his book, it's the first time I'd ever heard people really talk about the kingdom. But Jesus came to restore all things, to bring the light, His light, to our world, and for us to restore all things. Because when God gave Adam and Eve the keys to the earth, and then they gave them to the enemy over a piece of fruit um jesus came and got the keys back but we had to start restoring things and to build the kingdom up doing good things in your workplace is a kingdom event you can do a really good job selling insurance or installing air conditioners or repairing cars or whatever you do and that's a kingdom-minded thing because it is helping people well if we look in the book of matthew alone 35 times jesus uses the phrase the kingdom of heaven is near. He was, and Matthew was writing to the Jewish audience, so they didn't use the phrase, the kingdom of God is near, which they do in the other Gospels. But it was that, it was that clear that that's what he was there to talk about. Yeah, he didn't say the church. No. And the church is mentioned like three times, and the kingdom of heaven is mentioned 35 times. Exactly. Because it wasn't about the church or church buildings. It was about a, a group of believers revolutionizing the earth. And when you see believers come together, you, you look at the mass uh, uh, a revival that went through New York City in the late 1800s. I mean, it, it changed New York City for a period of time. Yeah. And you, yeah. and you see... Fulton Street Revival. Yeah, and then you look at the, the revival going through China. It changed China. I mean, China is a way more open country today than it's ever been. Changed, it changed Eastern Europe. It changed Russia. Well, you're trying to get that revival started right here. Right here in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I'm just looking for a thousand people to make a commitment to pray for their coworkers and employees by name each yeah. and every day. Yeah. Join the I Work for Him Nation yeah. now. We have, have you the, joined? We have. Have the you abil- joined? <laughs> Wait a minute. Have you joined? I'm part of it, Jim. Uh, I'm, I'm walking commit- with you. Yeah, but I want. All right, tonight. I want, tonight. You know tonight, what? I, I work for I, him I'm going to take tonight. action tonight. Okay. I, I'm not going to try, Ace. I'm going to do it. All right, Ace. Have so, you joined yet? No, okay. Well, what is the deal? I talk to people every day. Even my good friends aren't joining the I Work Room Nation. I know you're praying. Ace, I know you're praying too because you told me. Well, I want to know. It just helps me feel better about myself that I'm actually not wasting my breath every day. Not that it's about me because it's not. It's all about God. It's not the Jim Brangenberg show. But you're going to, will you go out there tonight, Ace? All right. You know what? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. If you notice, I said do. Do it. I'll do I'll it. do it. That's right. You and Nike. Okay. Ross, when, when we look at key questions people need to ask themselves, it's simple. If we're going to make an impact in our workplaces, we need to be, we need to ask those tough questions. I, I love it on your little, you've got a little C12 handout, which can we, is this possible to PDF and email to anybody? Or, yeah, okay. Sure. All right. Yeah. What is my deepest desire and greatest hope for the new year? And what are God's desires and hopes for me? And do those things align? Or do you got your own selfish motivation plan? Or are you aligned with God? But to ask that question, what are God's desires and hopes for me? That's a powerful question. Because God desires incredible things for you. But will you sit back and listen and ask that question? You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. We're talking with Ross Harris with C12TampaBay.com. Hey, go out to the website today. Check it out, C12TampaBay.com. Maybe you're not the leader in your business. Maybe you're not the owner. 
but maybe they're a Christ follower and they really are interested. How can God make a difference in my workplace? This is a place they should go. And no, I am not getting any referral fees. I'm just sold out on C12. You've heard me talk about it a million times in the show. Have you been a listener? Maybe not a million yet, but very close. Well, we're working on it, Jim. Get the Mountain Dew going and uh, I can say we'll it's C12, C12. That's right. I can say it really, really fast. Hey, we're talking about being retrospective resolutions for your professional life in 2016. Talk about your professional life as if 2016 is already done. This is what I accomplished. And I'll tell you something that I learned years ago, and it's probably just five, wow, it's going to be 10 years this year, just to pray for my coworkers and employees and my bosses. At that time, I had a bunch of bosses. I actually worked for four different people, and I started praying for them by name, and their husbands or wives by name, and their children by name. And I can still tell you all of those names, because I said them, I prayed for them so many times, and it transformed my heart, but it also, there was some real big impact on people's lives. You know Mark uh, Dillon, who's a chairman for C12. uh, Right out of Lakeland. Lakeland, and now South Tampa. And Mark was for nearly 25 years the the president of Tampa Bay Steel, and his employees still talk emotionally about as they would be in the midst of some crisis in their lives, they'd get into work and feel a peace when they got to their cubicle because they knew that Mark had walked around and prayed over their area. He did it around the whole company. He was walking the, the factory floor and the cubicles, that's that's of God. That's what you're talking about, transforming workplaces for the kingdom. Well, and I like that idea. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was sitting between appointments today. I thought, you know what? I need to do that in my office. You know, I'm praying for my employees every day and their spouses or significant others, but I want, I need to go in and pray over my office because I haven't been doing that. And Mark, he would pray over each one of the cubicles. Absolutely. And, and yep. the people that were going to occupy that cubicle during the day. And he went in early. So that's something I want to encourage each, each listener to do the same thing, too. You all have the ability to pray over your office. But if you go in early, you can pray out loud. Because understand this. This is something I learned later on in my faith. Satan, he can't read your mind. Only God knows what you're thinking. He has to hear the words. And when you're praying Jesus over your cubicles and in your office, it scares the living daylights out of him. So you need to pray out loud. You, you need to pray out loud. And, and, and the, the evil one wants to pray on the circumstances that you're going through right now. As you said, that, that's where he's at work. He wants to bring chaos to your circumstances. He loves chaos. Well, look what he did to the earth. It's chaos. You know, it's, Jim, it's I'm, I'm, I'm always reminded that the, in the Garden of Eden, which we think about is, in my simple little mind, that it was this small little thing. It was probably this, based on biblical description, probably the size of the state of Delaware was that territory that they were talking about. And, but all Adam and Eve had to do was just look around and say, oh, God, what do you say we should do? And that's as simple as that for us. In our prayer lives, <laughs> all we have to do is say, that, life would have been a lot better. Yeah, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because that's all they had to do instead of, well, he didn't really mean this, did he? And, you know, it really is that simple in our lives. It's, it's all about the sin in our lives that create the, the problems for us. When you look at your 2016, whether you want to do it in a retrospective fashion, hey, here's what you accomplished. What are some of the things that you 
will do intentionally in 2016 to draw people to Christ through what you do? First and foremost is the be you used the term uh, earlier about being bold. That that is a natural gift of yours, Jim, to be bold for the Lord. And that's what I need to do more of is to just be bold and say to folks, are you intentional about running your company as a kingdom company? And I, and you and I've talked about this. People tell me, oh, I have a Christian company. Really? Well, not if you're yelling and screaming at your employees, you don't. And uh, not if you're swearing at, at, at a guy out on the, you know, in the, in the shop back, floor, uh, yeah. on the shop floor. It, it, so that's not, you know, you may have a personal walk with Christ. Who am I to judge that? But are you intentional about the culture that you have created in your company? Are you? Is the whole culture built on those principles that are important to you? Well, there's probably people listening right now that go, "Yeah, that's been me." I mean, I'm a, I, I, I'm a Christ follower, but I've screwed up at work. I've I've sworn at people. I've gotten angry at people. I've acted stupid in front of people. I just want you to hear this: just because you've sinned doesn't mean you've blown the chance. You don't need to go get a job somewhere else in order to have an opportunity to be a, a witness for Christ. You. The one of the most powerful things you can do, listeners, just to stop for a second, put your phones down, unless you're listening to me on the phone, by apologizing to people and asking forgiveness for how you've treated people, whether you're a leader or, or a coworker, when you apologize to people and ask their forgiveness and be transparent and vulnerable with them, that is going to rock their socks off. And they're going to see if it's real. They're going to see if you if it really means change, and sometimes you might have to apologize two or three times because you might screw up two or three times in a row. But just the pain of apologizing to people is often motivation enough never to make that same mistake. Well, and I think well the, for me it is for for those of us who get caught up in our prideful life, just the act of saying, "I'm sorry," right? You know, wow, that can be that can be the most powerful words that employees could ever hear. Or a coworker could ever hear. It'll change their lives because nobody's ever apologized to them. Yeah, it's... and it and it displays something different about you. You know, you can. You know, one of the challenges as part of the I Work for Him Nation is he has to pray for your coworkers and employees, find ways to serve people, find ways to befriend people outside of the workplace because they need to know that you're real. Look for ways to pray with people, but all along being the best and the brightest example of an employee in your position, because that people are going to go, Ross, what's wrong with you? You're always doing your job. You're never slacking off. You're always working hard. You're making me look bad. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I think what, Jim is... How would you answer that question? Well, I think... Let me let me end with a question, because I think what if anyone's listened to you on a regular basis, they know that you have a boldness about you and and you have a confidence about it. But what about that individual who says, I, I'm not an evangelist. I can't share that. And here are just some simple questions. I mean, just as you were you were saying that, and and you are the master at having a conversation with someone at Panera Bread, and then at the end of it, they're you know they're 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 uh, just asking Christ to be the savior of their life. You know that uh, few people can do, and it's just asking the question. I'm just curious. So, did you grow up in a family of faith? You don't have to give them all the answers and go to this scripture or that. Just ask. I'm just curious. Did you grow up in a in, in, in a family of faith? Usually it'll lead to, well, and quite honestly, I'm not sure what I believe today. Well, really? You know, so tell me 
what is the, the important things in your life? You know, what are those core values? Where do those come from? And before long, you're having the, the, these rich questions, and you, you don't have to be quoting Scripture to be able to convey to them that you are serious about your personal relationship with Christ. And as David said in Psalm 66, 16, listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he's done for me. Because that's that's the best well, thing you got going. Most, right, that's the most powerful thing. You don't have to have Scripture memorized Although it's a good, good idea. Thing. It is it is indeed. But yes. if, if, if somebody asks you, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing all these things? Just say, listen, I, I, my life was a mess. I gave my life to Jesus. I've never been the same again. And, and that's how I start off my story. Because I have friends who knew me before Christ and know me after Christ. And, and I, sent, I I got three of them that are good friends of mine that have not made a profession of faith yet, yeah. that I've known for years. And I sent them letters at Christmas time along with a copy of John from our, our, our friend, Lori Hoffman at the Pocket Testament League. I said, listen, you know my life is different. And to one of them, I said, you know what I was like before I gave my life to Christ. The other guys knew me afterwards. I said, you know my life is different. All I'm asking is that you read this book I didn't say, and don't wait for the movie. I didn't say that. Read this book because what you learn about Jesus in here is going to change your perspective because they all grew up in churches that didn't encourage them to read the scripture. And they all had negative experiences in church. And and that's what's great about the little book of John. If you haven't seen it, folks, the uh, Pocket Testament League, and Laurie's been what on here. And, yeah, many times. And, and, but that little book, when someone won't crack open a Bible, but they can stick that in their back pocket. And read it over lunch. They can they can sit in McDonald's and read the Book of John. It's that that it is such a you know it's a little little booklet that just fits in their back pocket. It's like the James Bond secret weapon. You know he always you know <laughs> what was the guy that was in the 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 guy that always made his secret weapons. What, uh, what was his name? What? I can't, I can't read your lips, Ace. What was it again? Oh, Q. That's right, Q. Okay. So he'd make him like a pen, or he'd make him a button, or he'd make him a tie clip, or whatever. Uh, or like a walking stick that turned into a missile launcher, or whatever. The book of John is just like that. You get somebody to read the words of Jesus that he himself said, yeah. they cannot deny. They, they'll either say he was a complete liar, or that he was the son of God, but they can't call him a good teacher anymore. These are one or the other. But when you read the scriptures of uh, the Holy Scriptures, you read the Bible, it impacts people's lives. And so it's like the secret weapon. Just give them a copy of it. In fact, I've got 10. I'll give them away today. If somebody's willing to give these away, I've got 10. Call into the studio line. I'll give you some pocket testaments that you can give to your friends and say, listen, I'm not going to preach at you. I just want you to read the scriptures and we'll talk about it. 877-943-9673, I've got some of those left over from the Christmas Eve Eve show, and I'd love to give those things away. But but that's one of those things, that's my intentionality. I want to be more intentional even in, in being bold with my faith. But what else professionally? As you look to 2016, what are, what's, what is, what, what's one thing at the top of your list of something that you want to do differently this year than you did last year? That is to help individuals become more intentional and bold about what they're doing in the company. So though there are some who have said, yeah, I'm not really comfortable yet mentioning Christ in my vision statement. Okay, well, where are you in in that development? Are you, you know, maybe you'll be a little bolder than you were a year ago. Um, And so helping individuals put it into action. Concepts? into action. And that's what I'm excited about for 2016. And because if you, when you come to a C12 group, 
you got to get a return on your investment. You need to be taking these concepts and bringing them to life. And our members are, are growing from each other. And as they, they grow from their peers and uh, using the best of the best ideas. You know, what I love about just we get a new year, you get a new start, you get an, an, a fresh perspective. It just makes, I don't know, it's just nice. It, you know, and, and for me, you know, Martha and I bought uh, into servicesbytrust.com last fall. We're going to be able to, we're really equipped right now for making a, a real difference in small business owners' lives. But it took, um, it just took a lot of, a lot of work to get everything straightened out. You know, one of the things, Ross, we're doing on the marriage cruise, the question that we're going to ask on our intro night, I came up with this last night, I found it somewhere, but I'm going to copy it, is tell me, well, I, I modified it a little bit, but tell me which one of the character qualities of Christ your spouse most exemplifies at home. And I found 49 character qualities of Christ. I'm sure there's more, but that's what I found a list of 49. And Martha reflected 48 of the 49? I think she had all 49. 49. That's a better, that's the best, that's the best way What, what... One thing, you know, for me, 2016, my biggest thing is I want this, for me, my professional goal is to have this radio show be part of my job instead of something I do in addition to my job. So I'd like it to actually cover my time, but I want it to go nationwide. I really want what we're talking about here on the air to be everywhere across the country because there's not another show like ours across the country. There's not another show like I work for him anywhere. There's one on Sunday afternoons out of Minneapolis that plays in the upper Midwest but for a half an hour, there's not a daily show encouraging people to walk with the Lord. That's my, that's my personal goal, professional goal. I really want the show to be used to glorify the Lord and to draw attention to incredible ministries across the the landscape. What's one thing for you, you're going to do. You got 20 seconds. Looking forward to being more closely associated with this radio program so that in our alliance that we can grow the kingdom together. We've been doing a lot of work together for the last, what, almost three years. Yep. And I think that we can continue through this ministry It'll here. Be four years on Valentine's Day, won't it? Yeah, it is. It was a, uh, hey, you know what? We need to, Valentine's Day. I got to come back That's, that okay. day. Oh, Valentine's <laughs> Day? Okay. All right. Well, listen, you've been listening to I Work For Him, the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. What are you going to do to make an impact on the kingdom this year? What are you going to do to really help take this city for Christ? Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to Ace for handling all the phone calls. Boy, I just, what are you going to do to take this city? You know, we learned today that our faith can impact a lot of things. But I just want to issue this challenge to you. The reason I ask you to join the I Work For Him Nation is because it's going to put it in writing that you're making a commitment to pray for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. So go out to I Work For Him and make that commitment, and I'll help, you know, I'll do whatever I can to support you. I'll pray for you as you make that commitment. But it's going to change your life. It's going to change the lives of those around you because of the impact of the Holy Spirit working on your own heart. As Ross and I have talked today about the things we're going to do intentionally with excellence in order to draw people to Christ, we're going to encourage Christian business people throughout the spectrum, whether they're business owners, business leaders, or straight coworkers and employees. We want each one of us can make an impact on our mission field. Don't miss it. Don't look back with regret and say, boy, I wish I knew. You know now, you work for him. 
You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I know this, I work for him. Yeah.